There's a wellness revolution. People are sick and tired of the sick care model. We're in a health crisis. Obesity on the rise. Heart disease, cancer continue to go up. People dying from prescription drugs. Something has to change. And it begins with us. Here is your host, Dr. Vic Manzo with Wellness Smart Radio, educating about the truth on healthcare and empowering the human spirit. And now here's your one and only, Dr. Vic Manzo. Hello everyone and welcome to Wellness Smart Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Vic Manzo. I must say it is a pleasure to be here today to share with you some awesome information um, there has been so much heated debate. I'm actually excited about it because it's starting to create awareness about vaccines. It's finally being talked about in the public. Uh, yeah, there may be some things that are biased and going one way compared to another and people bashing the anti-vaxxers and uh, so forth. And you know, But in today's show, by, based on popular demand, I wanted to talk about the measles. Uh, people were asking me more information about it. They wanted to know what is it really all about. Is it is it something to be concerned with? And I said, you know what? I'll have a show on it. Um, so our Heart Month series that we we're going to have <clears throat> that was going to start uh, today, we're actually going to do those starting next week. So we'll have four shows this month, um, just because of the popular demand. And um, let's say, face it, guys, you know that outbreak at Disneyland. Okay, it happened. Um, there's a lot of things that can show the reasons why. Some people are blaming, oh, it was from people who weren't vaccinated. Well, when you look at the stats, a good percentage of them were people who were vaccinated. Why is that? We're going to go into all this, but as my good friend always says, when you know the facts, there is no debate. And I always state this with vaccines. If you know the facts, there really isn't a debate. Um, but let's go right into the show today, because I really want to go ahead and, and, and explore, break this down and make it so easy to understand um, and it may not in the beginning we're not going to really talk about measles per se but we're going to talk about what it is about what that really the structure of it is uh, its categorization as a virus and why it's kind of impossible to create a vaccine for it so you know as, and as I've been posting a lot of this information on Facebook and all throughout my avenues um, there's been heat coming at me and people are debating they're talking about it uh, some of the research they bring up, I look at it, and it's it's really not sound. There's some that, you know, people act as experts when they don't have a backing and understanding of the medical aspect of things. And so I really want to take a moment here to share with you uh, the specifics of really what is the measles. Is it something we need to worry about? Or are we just blowing hot smoke and there's some other things that we need to be focusing on that's more important? So without no further ado, let's go ahead and get the show on the road. So the measles is a type of virus that is known as RNA. Now there's two types of viruses. There's a DNA virus and then there's an RNA virus. 
Now, the difference between those two is a DNA is kind of slow in adapting to its environment. It's kind of slower in replicating, where an RNA is extremely fast. So it's adapting, changing all the time, mutating all the time. And so when it comes to trying to prevent a strain or a form of it, it's actually going to be harder to do because it's always changing. It's never the same. So when you look at things like RNA viruses, here's some of the ones that we kind of see all the time out there that are very common, that are constantly changing. Why it's very hard to vaccinate this because they're always changing. Measles, mumps, respiratory syncytial virus, also known as RSV. You also have rabies, Ebola, influenza, otherwise known as the flu. Other types are the polio virus, rhinoviruses, which is known as the common cold. Noroviruses, which is known to create gastrointestinal illnesses. You also have rubella, yellow fever, West Nile, dengue fever, equine encephalitis, which is mainly affects horses, hepatitis A. These are the type of viruses that are considered RNA. These viruses mutate at such a high, high rate that it's very, very hard to truly uh, vaccinate that strain. And we see it time and time again. Uh, the biggest one that I see it in is with the flu vaccine. The best way to prevent the flu is build your immune system. I don't make these things up. I just understand the laws of the body. And all I understand is that the medical model has something called the Cochrane Review, which determines the effectiveness, the effectiveness of any drug or treatment. And they do analyzations on these things to see how well a drug or something is being really, really effective to the body, uh, to a human being, or so forth. And in the Cochrane Review, they did a study on the flu vaccine. They did it on infants, pregnant mothers, they did it on adults, elderly. And what they were looking at and seeing, if you were administrated the vaccine, what was the percentage of saving your life or preventing the flu and so forth? And what, long story short, if you look at the review, it states that there was a 0% effectiveness in all the categories. Now, just to be very specific here, there was one category, which is the adults, that showed it did help. But as they state in their review... The people who are funding that research, the means the money that was paying to do the study, was very biased on the outcome because it would help them. So they said based on that, they can't state that truly this is a true result. They said it was fabricated, fabricated in some way. So long story short, the flu vaccine, ineffective. We saw it this year. CDC comes out and says it may not be effective, but guess what? Still take the strain anyhow. Still get injected and put the toxic chemicals in you because you may still get some protection. And, you know, let's face it. 
that's something that we see constantly all the time being promoted as, oh, you need to protect yourself from this, this, and that. If you really understand it, and this is not something I'm creating. This is what I wish people could understand, especially when people like to argue, is that you, there's no debate. Go open up a physiology book. Understand how your immune system works. Understand how herd immunity really works and how it doesn't it is ineffective. When you understand the physiology, Guyton's physiology, I highly recommend anyone to go out there who wants to be against four vaccines. It's just to understand, especially the measles, especially the flu vaccine, go read Guyton Physiology. It is known as the head center for all physiology. And in there, you'll learn about the immune system. You'll learn about how things work, how your body functions, how Th1 cells, T1 cells, T2 cells work, how your thymus works, why it's so crucial to let a kid develop his thymus naturally without injecting him with vaccines. Um, there's a whole array of things. But the, the, the whole key point of all this is that you want to, it's basic physiology. That's what it just comes down to. And when you look at some of these things with the measles and the whole the whole nine yards, my question to ask is because so everybody says all oh, all these deaths, all these deaths that people have died because of the measles, and all these worries about it. And guys, I want to share with you something that they did a study death tolls in the U.S. from measles in the past ten years was from 2004 to 2015. Um, I believe the study should say 14 because we just started 15, but from 2004 to 2015, due to the measles virus itself, how many people died sourced from the CDC? Zero. Now, due to the measles vaccine, 108 people died. Yes, you heard that right. People who had the virus of the measles itself did not die at all in the last 10 years. But the people who were vaccinated, 108 people died. Now, the 108 comes from the VIRS database. That's the vaccine injury uh, database. So people who have adverse reactions to vaccines and so forth, uh, this database collects that information and they have to report it. So the whole point of me sharing that with you states that there is a zero chance of dying from the measles based on the studies in the last 10 years. But if you get the vaccine, you have 108, you're, you're gonna, the people who died was 108 times. 108 people died because of a vaccine because they're worried, worried, may I say, worried about getting a rash that lasts one to three days and you may have a fever with it. You know, when my mother was growing up, when they had chicken poxes, when one kid had it, all the kids would play. They drink out of the same cup. They spread it as fast as they can because they understood how the immune system works. This is why I recommend you to read a physiology book if you're against it. Because let's face it, people who get the chicken pox at it as a child, the chances of you ever having that strain ever affect you again is slim to none. You have lifelong immunity. Now, people who get the chickenpox vaccine are still at a high risk for getting the chickenpox at a later stage in their life. And I can't tell you the cases of kids in high school, kids in their mid-low 20s who get the chickenpox. And let me tell you guys, it's way worse getting it older than younger.
Not only that, but when kids had the measles in my mom's day, they would have measles parties because they understood the lifelong immunity you get from that. And the beautiful part of that is, is you don't ever have to worry about it again. But people don't want to, the, 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 there's, there's, there's this, this, you know, don't want to make it sound like a conspiracy theory, but it's just true. There's powers of B that want us to get vaccinated because it makes them so much more money. Um, when you look at a disease that is so rare to kill somebody, so rare, especially in this day. You know, people come out and say, oh, the vaccine saved us from measles, it eradicated it. That's a lie. 98% of all the diseases that we worried about in 1900, by the time the array of vaccines started to come, they were basically 98 to 99% wiped out already before the vaccine. Most of these viruses were due to sanitation and malnourishment. Malnourishment, we didn't get the proper foods that we had. They weren't available to us as much as they used to be before. Look at the depression, guys. They were fed bread and butter. That was their, that's what they were fed. You'll be lucky if you got fruits and vegetables. Bread and butter, really? How well does that do for your body? Bet you those cows weren't grass-fed, organically fed. I bet you that bread's not gluten-free. You know, that's what they were fed during the Depression. How many people really had money to afford good food? I mean, I remember my great-grandparents coming to the country here. And when they were here, I mean, they would they would live a very simple life. But they whatever food they grew in the back, that's what they ate. I remember my father used to share the same story. You know, they didn't have a lot of centers of food. That's why Italians cooked carbs. That's why they cooked pasta because it was cheap to make. It was easy to do. You know, so when we started changing our sanitary lifestyle and our nutritional lifestyle in America, that is the key biggest reason why we see all these viruses and diseases going down. The biggest. And it comes down to your immune system, folks. That's what it is. You know, the measles, is you're not going to die from the measles. Your kid is not going to die. The chances of it are so rare. But your kid may die from the vaccine. Was it really worth the risk? You have to make that choice. And I want to make that clear. I'm just here to do my job. My job as a chiropractor. My job as a holistic practitioner. My job as a wellness trainer. My job is to educate and get the information out there about how powerful your body is and how your body can naturally heal. That's my job and that's what I do. I share that with you. You take that information. You, do, you make a decision on what's best for you and you go forth. And that's it. It's as simple as that. But yes, the measles, I'll just share a little quick here. Based on... Since 1900, there was a cases of the measles of around one point, and forgive me if I get this wrong, no, 1.3 million deaths in 1900 from the measles. As we go along, there's been spikes along the way, but when we get down to 1962, the year before the vaccine comes out in 1963, the research shows here that where there was less than 50 to 60,000 people who died from the measles. And I'm actually going to pull up a study to see. 1962 measles deaths, U.S. And let's see here. Um, from 1956, here we go, coming from Oxford, Oxford Journals. Okay, guys, Oxford Journals. They state... Um, 
let's see, I'm looking at deaths because that's what they always focus on. And they show that there was, uh, where's the year? Um, sorry, guys, I didn't, have, I didn't think about getting this study, so I wanted to make sure that I'm in here. There we go. From 1956 to 1960, an average of 450 measles-related deaths were reported each year. One death for every 1,000 reported case. Compared to the average, and I want you guys to listen to this, okay? And this is where the vaccines did not do anything. In 19, and this comes from OxfordJournals.org. It's a very well-reputable literature. 1956 to 1960, average of 450 measles deaths related per year. That was one per thousand. In 1912 to 1916, there was 5,300. Guys, this is over. This is over 10 times, 11 times the amount. It was 26 people per thousand. That's 26 times more people were dying in the measles. We're from the measles in 1912 to 1916 compared to 1956 to 1960. That means we dropped 26 times in just 40 years without a vaccine. Without a vaccine. They said the measles virus infections average of 150,000 patients. They would have respiratory complications. Some people get encephalitis uh, and so forth. But then, in 1966, three years, okay, three years after licensure of the first measles vaccines, they said they announced the first of the three effects that terminate indigenous measles transmission. Okay, um, They're not showing any deaths here. As we continued, though, they said the first two elimination efforts did not achieve elimination. They result, reduced, they did, they, they result in a substantial reduction in measles incidences, about 1.3 to every 100,000. Now, I'm just going to do a quick math here. I'm doing this all live, guys. Um, so let's say, so they said 1912 to 1916, they had 5,300, right, cases. And then in 1956 to 1960, we went to 45. 450. So I'm just going to do the percentage of how much that dropped. And that is, let me see, where's that number? 5,300 divided by 450. It dropped 89%, give or take. 88.3 uh, if you want to be exact. All right? And that was just in, so 88.3 in just uh, 40 years. Let's go 40 years. That, that's about right. 40 years. Uh, so I'm going to divide. By 40, what that means is they're reducing the measles by 2.2% every year in that 40-year span. I know this may sound boring. This is how you do stats. This is how you're taking the information and just breaking it down. And I'm telling you exactly how I'm doing this. So 2.2% decrease, right, in the measles, which we were going. That was the path we were going. So why am I sharing all this with you? Very simple. If you take 450 times 2.2%, okay, that means we're going to lose a case of 9.9 .9 cases of deaths we would be saving every year. That was the average of what's going to go on forth. The reason why I'm sharing this with you is vaccines had nothing to do with re-eradicating the measles. It was actually nutrition and sanitary. As you take this research and look at it, we look at this as it said in 1982 to 1988. Now I have another, what is this, uh, 30, 26 more years. Okay, So I'm going to multiply this by 26. 
that's 257, 258 cases were eliminated. Okay, so another 258 cases out of that, 450, we're up to 190, 192. So in 1992, 1990, and that's 1982. So if I add up to 88, I add another six years, um, 32, 307 minus 450, I'm at 142 cases that are left per, uh, and we divide that, let me see how they're doing this here, um, 142. So when I look at 19, here comes the first study, 1982 to 1988, compared with an average of 313 cases per 100,000 uh, during 1956 to 1960. Nevertheless, a resurgence of meals occurred in 1989 to 1991, again, to the serious medical burden of the disease. There was a huge outbreak, 55,000 cases, 123 deaths, and 11,000 hospitalizations were reported, guys. They said the two major causes were vaccine failure among small percentage of school-aged children who received one dose of measles vaccine and a low measles vaccine coverage among preschool-aged children. How much is that true? You know, guys, I don't know. All I know is that this whole outbreak that happened showed that there was in bigger percentages. There was outbreaks in people who were getting just um, vaccinated and so forth. Um, so it just shows that an RNA virus is always mutating and that the strain's never the same. Once you get a new strain, these people aren't protected with it. So long story short, back to the numbers here. I just want to break it down. They said they were doing so well. So they did 313 cases per 100,000. Um, what we ended up dropping that number down to was uh, 140, 140. Well, let me just double check here. Sorry. 38. 2.2 Yeah, um, it would have been 86 cases total uh, per, I don't know how the case comes out per 100,000. I don't know where that number comes from. Uh, I don't have, you know, if, if I can, let me just, again, guys, I'm doing this live. I just really want to get this down to a T. So 1956, they had, I'm um, looking right here, 450 cases out of 1,000 reported, one every 1,000 reported cases. Um Anyhow, all I know is that it would have dropped down to, based on the numbers here, there would have only been 85 deaths in 1988 if we kept on going to percentage we were going. 85, okay? And then they said there was an average 313,000 cases per 100,000. Now, the population in 1950, you know, U.S. population... was showing that, let's see, I got a great chart. Let me take a look. Okay, here we go. Based on who is this from, futuretimeline.net. In 1950, we were at about 150 million. Now, when I take the numbers to 1988, we were at about almost 200, another 100 million people. And guys, more people, less cases if we kept that percentage of going. And it was. We were dropping in measles cases. But then they want to go ahead and admit and state, Oh, it was due to people who weren't vaccinated. That's not true. The percentage of people not vaccinated back then weren't a lot. How about in China? 99%. It's a mandate in China to get the measles vaccine. And they have outbreaks all the time. Um, 
you know, the, the, it, it's, it's uh, let me look here real quick for the study again. There was a study I had. Here we go. Green Med Info comes out with it. They do a lot of great research. Uh, the founder does, he looks through things very severely and, and in depth. And what he found was is that in two, hold on, from 2009 to 2011, What they stated was is that the incidence of measles remained high at 3.14 to 17.2 per million of the population. Similarly, the incidence of mumps increased from that. It went up, uh, but the measles, they had over 700 outbreaks from 2009 to 2012. This is a country that mandates the measles vaccine. They're at a 99% vaccination, and they're having outbreaks. Guys, it's not because vaccine unvaccinated. It's about the RNA virus. See, the whole purpose is, and I've talked about this before, how I continue to go through, and I've talked about the flu vaccine. I've talked about all these different things. When you take a vaccine, it only protects you for that strain and only that strain. It's not going to protect you for anything else. And honestly, if you understand immunology, and it's very simple, pull out a guidance book and read all about immunology. Uh, we studied a whole entire four months on just the immune system. But the whole purpose of the, the immune system is, is that if you have a vaccine that goes into you, your body gets may protect itself from that one strain, but it makes itself susceptible to everything else because of what those vaccines have in there and what they do to your immune system and how they destroy it. So that is straight up facts. This is not this is this is true science if you want to call it. Um, that basically states that this is reasons why it happens. I mean, RNA virus guys, they, they rapidly change all the time. It doesn't stay the same. It's a rapidly changing virus. You can't vaccinate against the flu and expect to be protected your whole life. It's not going to happen. The flu virus, virus is the worst thing to even try to take because the vaccine. Because once they get the flu vaccine, they get the virus for the year, by the time they start producing, they get it out in the mass production six months later, the virus already has mutated. And that's why it's so ineffective. The Cochrane Review, the gold standard for drugs and effectiveness of drugs and treatments in the medical era model, states that it's ineffective. Why don't we see that on the media? So I didn't want to go in full depth with all this, but I just wanted to share with you some of those things about how we were slowly, slow, and again, I didn't expect to do some of this math work in here. But how we've seen in the last 10 years in the United States, nobody has died from the measles, but 108 people have died due to the vaccine. My question to you is, a virus like this that we know our bodies can fight off, as long as you have a healthy immune system. It has been shown time and time again, people who die from the flu vaccine, I mean the flu vaccine, the flu virus, are people who have a compromised immune system. People who die from the measles has a compromised immune system. If this was a lie and it wasn't truth, why is it that we saw so much decline in the measles virus and de from deaths? We've seen a massive decline in all these viruses that we vaccinate for. If it wasn't for your immune system to function better. I believe there comes a time where, and it's coming very soon, where the, the, the masses of America will start to understand that you need to protect yourself. Herd immunity doesn't work. The germ theory is false. It, it doesn't exist. And the reason why 
is because the germ theory states that if there's a virus out there, you're going to get it. The germs is what cause illness and disease. And guys, let me be very frank with you. If this was true, we all wouldn't be here right now. We would have died from every virus and bacteria that would ever exist. But guess what? You're a lot more powerful than that. Your body is a healing machine that's constantly healing time and time again. Your body fights off anything and everything as long as it has no interference. I can share and tell you all the stories in the world of what I've experienced in my short career when it comes to devastating viruses and diseases. But what I do know is kids who don't get vaccinated and they live the life they're supposed to by having breast milk, getting adjusted, eating healthy foods, organic, clean foods, clean water. They don't get sick. They're vibrant. They're healthy. They're on top of their game. There's a lot of research out there that shows when kids get vaccinated versus non-vaccinated, how the increase of allergies and asthma and ear infections and so forth are in kids who are vaccinated compared to who are not. And there will be more and more of these studies coming out. That's why I'm excited to see the talk about the measles, about vaccines. It's always a hot topic. You have doctors who threaten you with death to your children and they'll send you the DSH because you're not being a parent. But I think a parent is one who does education and information and educates themselves. And they make the choice on what's best for them. Because the route we're going here in America is Big Pharma, the medical mob if you want to call it, is going to push and try to mandate vaccines. And let me tell you, if you feel that that's the right way to go, then so be it. But do your research. Understand both sides. Don't ever, and I always encourage this, don't ever look at research that's been funded by a company or an industry that's going to benefit from it. Why would milk tell you, why would Dean's Foods or the whole entire milk industry that commercialized milk tell you how milk is bad for you? How the hormones we pump into these cows causes cancer and diabetes and, and, and can possibly cause autoimmune diseases and destroys your health and increases your chances of cancer and heart disease. They wouldn't. But if they did, if they are being truthful, they'd be out of business. But they don't. They'll say how milk helps with calcium in the body to help build bones, which is the biggest lie in the world. They'll try to sell you on a way so you can continue to buy, buy and buy. This happens on all levels. Listen, guys, I'll put it straight forward to you. I don't make nothing off sharing this information to you. I don't give it. I don't get a dime for it. I don't have. I don't get sponsors, anti-vaccine sponsors, or anti-milk sponsors. So I can make money off this? I do this to share information with you to understand what the facts are. Because once there's facts, there's no debate. That's why, you know, I look at like Ron Paul, and I'm not going to get political here, but I love Ron Paul. There's not going to be another politician like him for a long time. His son's not even like him. And But Ron Paul, nobody would ever debate him. Because he knew the facts. He knew the truth. 
And politicians were afraid to, they would never want to debate him in public because he knew the facts. And if you think I'm lying, when they did have that live debate, they, they kept on cutting Ron Paul only to 30 seconds. And the people chanted, let him speak. Because again, when you have the facts, there's no debate. So with that being said, The reasons why they also were seeing the outbreak of the measles maxi, uh, measles outbreaks is, you know, again, the virus mutates. But when you also get the vaccine, you have what they call virus, the virus will shed itself and you become very contagious and you can spread it very easily to others. And, I mean, if you ever look on the vaccine that they give you, and look at the side effects, uh, you know, what happens is if you don't stay away from somebody who has an immune, immune, a compromised immune system and you just got vaccinated within those six weeks and you're around them, you end up killing that person because the virus is going to shed and it's very highly contagious and you're in a contagious state. At the end of the day, you have to choose what's best for you. My voice is about government should never mandate anything when it comes to your health. They should never should. Whatever you put into your body should be under your control. No one else's. You should choose what you want to put into your body. It's your body. It's your temple. You choose. No one else should. Especially the government. The government's bought and paid for by the big pharma the vaccine companies, and so forth. There's a great movie coming out, and I can't wait to get it. It's called Bought. And it basically exposes the pharmaceutical companies and the vaccine companies. And all this research that people who are for vaccines, all this research that they stand by, are going to find out that it's all fabricated. It was all bought and paid for by the pharmaceutical companies and the vaccine companies to fund themselves, to make themselves look like they have the answers to things. And that's why they used viruses when they were just about to be eradicated. If the vaccines never came, we would have eradicated them. We wouldn't have all these big outbreaks either. Uh, if it wasn't, if, if we just did not have vaccines and we just went the path of what nature and evolution has gone, those viruses would have been gone. Because we cleaned up, our, we, were, we lived a sanitary lifestyle and we've improved our nutrition. Anyone that truly knows the facts knows you can't argue that. Knows that when you have a healthy sanitary lifestyle and good, for good nutrition, that it's impossible for these things to thrive. Every time there's always a measles outbreak or a polio outbreak or so forth, I have always seen that when I've gotten to, into the research, not listening to what the media says, not listening to what... Um, other networks that are funded by who biggest advertisers, pharmaceutical companies, but alternative, unbiased information. You always find out that the people who, you know, 20 or 30 percent of the people who caught the virus or are part of that outbreak, yeah, they're unvaccinated. But the majority of them were vaccinated. It's pretty interesting. So I hope this was informative. I apologize for the in-between of stats, trying to get numbers. I just wanted to show with you that since 1912, to all the way up until 1988, 
the average rate of what Americans were dropping before uh, 1912 to 1960, before the vaccine came out. We were dropping at a 2.2% rate. And if we continued that without the vaccine, based on that rate, we would have eradicated measles in the 80s anyhow. Just like they stated, it dropped down to extremely low rates in the 80s. So my point being is, guys, and I'm going to leave you with this question. If humans have been around for the hundreds of thousands, millions of years without vaccines, how did we thrive then? Compared to where we are now, why is it that vaccines are so unnecessary? In the last 50 years of our living here, being existing on this world, why are they so highly like this is what we need or we die? But for the last eons, we never needed them. I just want you to think about that question. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you had an opportunity to enjoy as much as I did. If you want to see past shows or upcoming shows, please visit us on the web at www.wellnesssmartradio.com. We invite you to connect with us via socially at facebook.com forward slash wellness-smart. Our handle on Twitter is Dr. Vic21, which is D R V I C 21. I hope you enjoyed listening to the show. I hope it inspired you and to give you an opportunity to live a truly wellness smart life. And I hope you take the opportunity to listen to more of our shows. If there's a show that you may be interested in uh, hearing about, a topic to cover, please email us at wellnessmartradio at gmail.com. Until next time, be well, live well. The choice is yours.